Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ames. Welcome back to the 80s at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. What a great discussion to be had on technician productivity. We've got two of the experts in the field. Les Sober is with us. He's the executive chairman of Dynatron Software. And also coming back to the roundtable today, Marcus Amen from Bailey. Les and Marcus, welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Ted, thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, glad to be back, Ted. Been a while. Great to have both of you. What a what a fantastic discussion. And Les, if you don't mind, let's I'd like to kick things off with you if that's all right. Les, you know, here we are, middle of May 2023. What do you see? What dealers are what issues are are dealers facing today in terms of technician productivity? Well, technician productivity sort of fits in the overall equation. If you ask dealers, you want more work you'll find that 99 out of 100 are saying, sure, bring it on. Inherent in that, though, is the ability to get that work done. Uh, No point in having work if it's going to create a backlog and have your customers dissatisfied because they can't get the work completed. So the productivity element, being able to generate hours, being able to turn jobs, is a critical constraint. You can't just sell, sell, sell. You can only sell if you have the capacity to be able to deliver. And one key element of that capacity is how much work can a technician back turn. The productivity side of it is vitally important, being able to get the work done. Makes a lot of sense. Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'll echo a lot of that. And, you know, it's understanding if, if you can get more out of your shop or your technicians. You know, are we scheduling enough work? Can we schedule more work? You know, how do I understand if a technician is being efficient or not? Are they, you know, are our technicians doing their minimum job requirements, their multi-point, their DVIs, and getting the recommendations up in a timely manner? Are they above or below a set baseline? You know, and are they improving on a three, six, 12-month benchmark? And if they're not, why? You know, it's understanding some of those things that I think is really, really helpful. Marcus, you've got your roots in retail as a former fixed ops director. I remember that. And you've been very busy lately in tackling a lot of these concerns and issues. Marcus, what steps should dealers be taking to identify those issues in productivity and capacity right now? Yeah, I think capacity can be a huge issue. I think it starts with looking at the data and understanding you know, what you're currently doing versus what you could be doing. And in order to do that, you have to understand the data behind your everyday operations. Now, how many hours are in the day? How many bays do you have? How many technicians do we have staffed today, tomorrow, this week? Do we also have express service bays? If so, how many bays and what type of production can we get out of them? Uh, what is my average bay time per vehicle I work on? How many appointments can we take in per hour per bay? And then what about free capacity for service advisors you know, the sold work that they, they sell. Another one is what percentage of your customers are waiting versus dropping off. You know, solving this capacity issue can be somewhat of a jigsaw puzzle as, you know, all of the pieces have to kind of fit together, sometimes a little more loosely than, than snug. However, finding some of the answers to these questions 
will help you better understand any capacity problem you might have. Last your thoughts on what dealers need to do to identify those issues in production capacity? Well, the key is to be able to give the service advisor an inventory of free capacity to be able to sell. Uh, if you ask the service advisor, you know, have you found any additional service work? You know, whatever inspection process, as an example, is going to find things that may be wrong with the vehicle. How aggressively is the service advisor going to be explaining to the customer that that's needed? They don't have the capacity to deliver. Fact is that service advisors are are wanting to be aggressive, but they're also pain adverse. If they're going to find themselves in a situation where they promise the customer additional work, they don't get it done, they're creating a problem for themselves, and they're just not going to do it. So it's always important that there be spare capacity in order to be able to have something, spare inventory to be able to sell. Now, that comes from technician available hours, or it comes from technicians being able to do more in the hours that they're there. So staffing properly, but also having a level of productivity parts availability, knowing where the car is. You know, one of the things that attracted me to Marcus and the work that's being doing in Bailey is they're looking at things that are going to allow the same number of technicians to be more productive by weeding out waste and by finding their opportunity to, to you know, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes looking for a car. I know where that car is and I'm just going to go and get it. So that's 10 minutes more that you can produce. Uh, and if you don't have that capability, you're going to be stuck with very poor production levels and very poor capacity. We're speaking today to Les Silver of Dynatron Software and Marcus Amon of Bailey on the subject of technician productivity, two leaders in our industry. Les, you've been involved in a whole lot of technology and brought a lot of things to market over the past number of years. Les, I know you're working and have been watching also the good work that Marcus is doing at the dealership level as well. Plus, what strategies have you found that are effective in managing workflow and ensuring the techs can work at their highest level of productivity? And then, Marcus, I'll ask you the same question as well. Well, first of all, do you really know where the technicians are, mm-hmm. what they're doing and what they're working on, uh, and what performance standards is expected for every job that they're doing? Uh, you know, one of the things that Bailey provides in one of their programs is the ability to be able to time every line item on every job and to be able to know how long did it take for that technician from start to finish to get to the job to, as Marcus mentioned, get approval if there's ASRs that are necessary. You know, these are time sinks that you really suck up a good chunk of the day if you don't do it very, you know, very professionally. So knowing what the technician is doing knowing what each technician is working on in the stall at any moment, knowing and providing them with the capability to get parts, get cars, uh, so that they're able to produce. That's the, that's the whole, you know, talk to Tully. Hours, hours, hours. You know, we've got to be able to find available hours and use them effectively. Yeah, makes so much sense. Marcus, your thoughts on strategies to be effective? Yeah, well, I think tech, technician productivity is huge. And and, I'll, and I just want to say I have the utmost respect for technicians. You know, working on vehicles is tough and, and it's a manual job, of course. And it it really takes special individuals to do those to do that job. And we should honor them more. And saying that one way we can honor them is is by looking at some of the hurdles and problems that they have while working on a vehicle. Are they waiting on the parts department for too long? How long are they sitting idle or waiting on the service advisor to sell additional recommendations? 
How long is it taking them to find special tools or mess around with that broken R134A machine? You know, ultimately time is money. And for a flat rate technician, it's just that, uh, you know, focus on the small, simple details to save them time and increase their production and efficiency is, is critical, I think. And then also regular communication between management and technicians can also be helpful to identify and address any capacity issues and productivity issues that, that may arise. You know, Marcus, Les mentioned Tully Williams at the Nilo Company, and Tully has a saying, Les. He says he wants his technicians to go home rich and tired. All right. So I, I've enjoyed that, but it's so true. And, you know, Marcus, you're probably one of the first people I've seen to actually implement technology in improving efficiency in the automotive repair shop. So congratulations to you, Marcus. You're having a lot of success with that at Bailey. And I know that got Les's attention, you know, early on and now you're growing. And I see that in dealerships all throughout the country. Marcus, your thoughts on the role technology is playing in improving efficiency in that repair shop? Well, we're talking about capacity and productivity and, and efficiency. There are a lot of things to, to manage and focus on. You know, I think technology helps by answering a lot of those questions for you, um, analyzing performance and providing you with the right information to run your dealership, your shop better. The case for any technology is to provide the user with a tool that helps them look like a superhero and helps them have insights that they normally wouldn't have or that their competitor currently doesn't have. In the case of Dynatron, you know, analyzing individual technician performance based on the data that they're, they're gathering is critical to the growth of the shop and the technician. And then pairing that data with real-time shop data, I believe, is a real game changer. So not only do you know technician performance, but you can also understand the bay data and what that means for a technician and the total shop performance. There, there is no place where you can find the real data on what's going on in the stall. It's like a black hole. You know when the car was written, you know when the car was complete, but you don't necessarily know what happened in between. Uh, and that you know, impacts on is the work being done as effectively and efficiently as possible? Can you tell the customer when they call? You know, it's still a huge problem uh, for status uh, that really don't know the customer calls. What's going on with that vehicle? Is it in the shop? Where is it? What jobs are yet to be done? How long are they going to take? This is all information that the customers are craving, but more often than not, they're put on the, you know, black hole of death, you know, the the whole line waiting, you know, try to track down where's that car uh, and to be able to have the eye into the shop on where is that car and when is it likely going to be complete, you know, is something that's vast, you know, widely needed, but not done very effectively at all. Marcus, yeah. I think that I think back, if I may, 10, 12, 15 years ago, when the multi-point inspection was first introduced to the technicians and then less with the electronic MPI, you know, Marcus, we had in the early days, and I know both of you know this, we had a lot of resistance from technicians, you know, in the early part about having to do this multi-point and then do it electronically. Marcus, I wanted to ask you, any initial resistance and what kind of resistance, you know, on the technician side from, you know, coming in to uh, monitor and help improve, you know, this efficiency in the shop? Well, the key is accountability. You know, technicians love holding other people accountable um, because, you know, you put the power in their hands and now they can say, hey, it's not me holding holding me back here. It's maybe the parts department. Maybe I'm waiting on parts. Maybe it's the service advisor. 
And every time I make recommendations, I'm sitting back here idle for 20 minutes before he gives me the thumbs up or the thumbs down on whether the customer approved it. You know, so there's a layer of transparency there that, that gives them a little bit more power in that process. And when they see that, and, and then especially when they see that they're turning more hours, uh, you know, and they're, they're becoming more efficient overall, and they can see a leaderboard of, you know, where they actually rank in the process, I think that's helpful in, in getting them to uh, adopt a new solution. We have to make service shop friendly for the new generation. You know, you're finding that a lot of your technicians are getting to that stage where retirement is an option uh, or a job that is perhaps, you know, less uh, stressful than, you know, flat rate technician. You know, as, as a result, just as an industry, the capacity and that's available is difficult to, to harness. But we got to make it more attractive to the younger guys uh, and get them wanting to come into an industry that, quite frankly, is surprisingly lucrative. You know, most of them aren't even aware of the fact that there's an opportunity for themselves and their families to earn the kind of income that they can. And if you're able to plug these little holes, you know, we back in the day, we drew a little picture of a bathtub with leaks in it. Uh, and got to plug each leak one at a time uh, to be able to maximize that technician's capacity and productivity. But that's money in their pocket. You know, if they're not spending five minutes looking for a car, that car is, they can just walk out to it. They know where the keys are. They're able to grab the keys, grab the car, start work. You know, that's going to add the ability to turn more hours that day. That makes your shop that much more attractive a place to be working. And you've got to be able to find young people find the new generation of technicians and offer them things that are in line with their expectations on how technology is being used in their lives everywhere else, because it is. You know, they're technology nuts, unlike the older generation, my generation, that had to go kicking and screaming. Uh, these are people that are looking forward to how technicians or how technology can be assisting them. Yeah, and I, I'll also add to that in that I think automatically updating the internal staff at the dealership, um, as well as having the ability to update consumers automatically without somebody having to go in and manually click that something's changed here can be tremendous in providing transparency and keeping everybody updated in the process of, of movements of things. And, uh, you know, I think it's a real game changer. Marcus, isn't it great? We hear this, use that word now a couple times and we're hearing it more and more, the word transparency right? When it comes to fixed operations. So that's a, that's a new word for us. Last question for today, gentlemen, I'll come to Les first on the Dynatron side and then Marcus on the Bailey side to bring it home. Les, what processes do you think dealers should have in place to monitor performance and identify areas for improvement? And I'll, I'll ask you that through the lens of Dynatron software. Um, well, our attraction to Marcus actually you know, came from the realization that he was doing stuff that isn't being done at Dynatron, isn't, wasn't being done anywhere else that we, that we were able to find. You know, we're kind of proud of our ability to be able to look at our core business, but also look outside our core business and find innovative people that are coming up with newer solutions. But, you know, being able to, to really know what's going on in that black box, be able to know that when that car moves into the shop, we haven't lost it. So it's fully transparent what's going on, how long it's taking, who's doing it, where they are in the process. It's something that is, is truly a game changer. 
My first job, you may remember in the industry, was in service scheduling uh, with a General Motors product called SOS, Service Order Scheduling, which attempted to track you know, what's going on in the shop and productivity in the technicians. This is that on steroids, the ability to be able to know exactly what's going on and to be able to deliver that additional capacity to the shop and to the consumer. Marcus Amen at Bailey, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I think you have to inspect what you expect, but in order to do that, you have to be able to measure the data and in real time, preferably. And maybe maybe this is a daily RO hard copy or DOMS review that you're doing, or maybe you have a partner like Dynatron or Bailey to help. I think those that's important. You know, map out what you think the best run shop would look like and focus on the weaknesses that you may have. If you improve one or two simple things that you could change today or this week and continue to do that until you've reached a satisfactory level. Um, and again, it starts with time. You know, time is money. How can we save time to make more time, billable hours? What processes do you have today that you can confidently say you're perfect perfect in? You know, I personally, I'd monitor everything appointment scheduling, technician schedules, write-up process, MPI process, advisor, customer process after MPI. And if you look, you might be surprised that there is something there that can be corrected or fixed that is potentially costing you thousands of dollars a month. You just do the back of the napkin calculation. How much does an extra 15 or 20% in productivity mean to the technician, to the shop? What's in it for me? Do that calculation. And then get started in looking at every place where there may be a hole and just plug it up because that can what you need one at a time to be able to generate that additional revenue for yourself and for your technicians. Love it. Two of the greats here with us today. Marcus, I can't think of anybody better to be on the roundtable with than Les Silver because the audience always, it always lights up when Les comes on and we have a, a lot of great feedback. So Les Silver, everybody, he's the executive chairman at Dynatron Software. You could see the website scrolling by at the bottom, dynatronsoftware.com with Les's email. Marcus Amon Bailey, and you've got uh, his URL as well, scrolling by and his email. They're both on social media. They're accessible and they've got great teams uh, working for them. So Marcus and Amon, I'm Amon and Les on behalf of the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Congratulations to both of you on your success. And thank you so much for, for this today. Yeah, appreciate you, Ted. Thank you so much. Ted, thank you so much for what you're doing to the industry. Appreciate it. Less fixed operations is coming in. You know, we see it now coming into its own, right? It's amazing all these years. All right, everybody, two of the greats, Les Silver and Marcus Amon, here today, back at the 80s at the Fixed Ops Round. Mm-hmm.